This podcast is from Christian Chapel in Tulsa, Oklahoma. For more information, visit us online at christianchapel.com. Well, thank you very much, Chris. And it is a joy to be with you this morning. I, I asked someone, the people that would know us, which service do they go to? Do they go to the first one or the second one? So mo- they said that mostly it's the first one. So how many of you are familiar with Sharon and I? Okay. All right. So the older group is here this morning, (laughs) and I know what you're saying. I know what you're thinking to yourself. You're thinking, yep, yep, they've they've aged quite a bit, put on a little bit of weight. So I understand that all all too completely. Of course, now, for this next year, we get to have all the kind of food like chili suppers and such that, that are throughout the United States all year long, all the time. And next year when we go back to Bangladesh, the Bengalis will look at us and say, Oh, brother, your health is very good, which means, buddy, you put on a bunch of weight. So that's what's ahead of us for the next year. But it's so good to be back, and we feel like we just got in by the skin of our teeth here because we've been here the last couple of days, but, but we've traveled all the way from California driving a car that, that uh, was Sharon's mother's out there and and we loaded up all the stuff that was packed out of our daughter's house out in California, and then went and met our other daughter in Nebraska, and then, then down to Springfield to see Luke, and then over here. So we just got in just a couple of days ago, and of course we saw all the seven grand, grandkids, and all, I think maybe every one of them was sick because all of them shared that sickness with me. So forgive me if I'm just a little bit hoarse today and maybe cough. I hope I don't faint in the middle of all of this. We'll do our very best, though, okay? It's so great to be back with with all of you. And Sharon, Sharon, why don't you just stand, okay, at this point? Thank thank you very much. And it's great great to be here, that's for sure. Uh, November, we had our 25th anniversary of the Home of Hope. That was a big step for us. We, we are so thrilled about that. We also had the same time, we celebrated the same day, we had the 30th anniversary of the Assembly of God Bible College that we started 30 years ago. But then it occurred to me, at th- this week, just a couple of days, as, as we got here, it occurred to me, this is our 30th year with Christian Chapel. 30 years. I've known some of you 30 years. <laughs> and... Uh, what a, what a great thing it is. This is our seventh time to be in, the, in, in an MIR house. We were in the first MIR house for two times, and then this, this one's four times. This will be our fifth time in, in um, this house. And so our connection with Christian Chapel has been long and very, very good. Thank you so much for what you've done. I calculated some time ago what kind of investment that you put into our ministry and the work in Bangladesh, and it's up to almost a half million dollars. You have invested a lot in that, in that country. I hope that we have been faithful. I think that we have. We've done our best to be faithful to God, and it's paid off. We're in the payoff years of our ministry, the payoff years of our life. It's, it's quite, a, quite a wonderful time to be, to be there, because when we went out, there was five churches of the Assemblies of God. That was all there were. There was uh, another ministry that was going at that time that, that, were, that was mentoring some young people that were traveling around with one of our missionaries, and then they had to leave in a short time. And, 
and they had seven young men that were somewhat mentored. They hadn't been in Bible school, had very little background at all. But the Bangladesh Assemblies of God, when that missionary left, just took those men and put them out in preaching points. And boom, overnight, we went from five to, to 12 churches of the Assemblies of God. But then for the next 10 years, it took us 10 years to go from 12 to 17. And so the work has been very, very slow, very, very difficult. It's, it's been a, a work in a, in a mostly Muslim country. Depending on who's doing the counting, we're either the second, third, or fourth. Like I said, it depends on who's counting. uh, Largest Muslim uh, country in the world. And so it's been a very big, big challenge. But God has been faithful. And like I said, these are some of the payoff years. Because we don't have five like we had when we first got there. We don't have 12 like we had just a few months later. We don't have the 17 like we had 10 years later. We have over 600 churches and outstations throughout Bangladesh. These are great, great days. Our Bible school that we just, just finished and just celebrated now has many students, and we've, we've built it for the future. We put foundations. I learned along the way. You, you've got to build a strong foundation. If nothing else, we've built foundations, and we've built strong foundations at the, at the Bible school. Every building there has a foundation for six stories, and so we're looking towards the future because God has already shown us that the future comes very fast, and you've got to do something about it before it comes to you. And God has helped us with that. And so these are wonderful days. The, some of the, the, the children that we took in the Home of Hope 25 years ago are now some of our leaders. They're, they're running the home, home of Hope these days. And it's as, it's as exciting as it can be. I had five young men come, oh, about six months ago, and they said, Brother, we want to talk with you. And so, okay, fine, let's do that. And they said, no, we want to t- take you to one of the restaurants in Gulshan. Gulshan is the, is the foreign area. That's where the embassies are and all those. It's kind of an upscale for, for Bangladesh. And uh, they wanted to take me to a restaurant. And they said, um, you know, we, that we should meet there. And so, okay, great, wonderful. And uh, we normally figure that in those circumstances, we're going to pay the bill. So, you know, no problem. They wanted to do this, and I was happy to do that. But we went in, and they sat down, and they said, now, this is what we need to do. And they began to tell me what they felt like they needed to do. And it's like, wait, 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 wait a minute. Who's in charge here? And I began to realize they're becoming in charge. They're beginning to take over. They're beginning to, to share in the vision that we started so long ago. And it was the coolest thing I think I have ever experienced in my life. And then when it came time for the, for the bill and time for us to leave, there was a glass door. I could see the waiter, and I kind of gave him that little look like, you know, come and give us the bill. And, and he came and put the bill over by me. They just about jumped over the table to grab the bill. Never in Bangladesh have we ever had anybody try to, try to take the bill. But it's a wonderful day. God is raising up some young people that are leading the future. And we are so, so very excited. We've built over 100 churches throughout Bangladesh in, in the last few, few years. I mean, physical churches. And uh, it, it's, a, it's just a, it's amazing. We, when, we first, when God spoke to us, and you have to be careful when you, when you say God spoke to us, and we'll get a little bit more into that a little bit later, but, but you have to be careful when you say God spoke to us because he either did or he didn't. And, and the pr- proof is in the pudding. So if you, if you say that God spoke to us, and you name what that is, then somebody along the line someplace is going to say, well, did God speak to you or not? Well, God did speak to us. He, he spoke to me that we should build 100 churches within five years' time, and we did that this last, 
last several years. <clears throat> and um, th they're all there. When, when God spoke to us, we didn't even have 100 congregations. And so th that was quite a step to step out and say, we're going to believe him for, the, for these 100 churches. But God is doing great, great things, and this is a, a wonderful time to, to be there. Now, I have never shared with you in Christian Chapel about how all this happened, really. Because it's very, been very personal. I don't share this much, haven't. But uh, you're a different group. You're a different kind of church than I will nor normally be speaking to in this next, next year. And so I want to share with you what this is, what this is, how this started and what this has been in our life. God called me very, very clearly many years ago. And God does call. He does speak to people's hearts. And... Uh, he, he spoke to me when I was in, in Bible school. And so some of these things are very, very personal. Some of these things are a little different. They're not the kind of thing that happens all the time. And uh, just because God spoke to me this way doesn't mean he has to speak to you the same, same way. I used to think that he had to speak to others as clearly as he spoke to me, but I began to realize, no, he, he, he doesn't always do that. But God, God did speak to me. I uh, went to Bible school in 1969. So that, do the math. <laughs> you can figure out how, how old I am, okay? Went to, went to Bible school in 1969 and uh, came from a, an Assembly of God church, but one that was all not too, too much given to the, the things of, of the Spirit. Oh, we understood of the things of the Spirit. We understood the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but really we didn't have the movings of the Holy Spirit much in my, my home church. And so I didn't have a whole uh, understanding of what, what the things of the Spirit were all about. And got to Bible school, and oh man, I, I began to learn very, very quickly the things that the Holy Spirit can do, can, can do in our life. And uh, God does things in our life if we allow him to. Let's remember who he is. He's God, the Holy Spirit. And he comes into our life. We can't treat him lightly. He's God. He's God that can come into our life if we will allow him to. And so sometimes we almost think of him as another thing or another it or, or just another, another person, not, not God himself. But he, he is part of the Godhead. He is God and very much God. And so he can do as he will and he can deal with us as he will. And some of us need for him to deal with with us in different ways than others. I apparently, because of my stubbornness and such, had to have clarity. And God allowed clarity in his call to me. Um, went, like I said, went to Bible school, learned the things of the, some of the things of the Spirit. But November, the week before Thanksgiving, on a Monday, we got into chapel and the Spirit of God poured out of himself on the chapel of, of CBC, uh, the Bible school that I went to at that time, that no longer exists. They've, they've closed it up here in the last couple of years. We could say that God broke out in that Monday morning, but then we learned later what happened. Later we learned that there was a, a group of young men that, that, that were in their, their dorm room 
all weekend long, fasted and prayed, and prayed that God would give a visitation of the Spirit on the campus of CBC. We were just Johnny-come-latelys by showing up on, in chapel. They had already seated the ground. They had already gotten things ready. And we got there, and God moved in an unusual way. The Holy Spirit just moved, and, and people began to weep and cry uncontrollably. They repented, and all kinds of things were beginning to happen. I can't even describe all the different manifestations of the Spirit that, that morning. I had never experienced anything like that. Evidently, things had happened in the past because the, the faculty, the teachers, the dean, the administration were very wise. They, they saw what was happening, and they allowed the moving of God to continue. We can't rush through the things of the Spirit. We've got to allow God to move in our lives, in our services, in our meetings together, in our prayer meetings. We've got to allow him to move, because he will if, he, if we will allow him. And so the administration saw what was happening, and they said, we're going to uh, dismiss the next class and allow this to continue. Well, they dismissed that class, the next class, the next class, lunch, all afternoon, into the evening, all night long, into the next day, and for the whole week. As the Spirit continued to move, they continued to allow the Holy Spirit to, to move and allowed time for that, that to happen. And God manifested himself to many people in many, many different ways. There were many callings. There were many people that were forgiving each other. A lot of students were forgiving the, the, the teachers, and the teachers in turn forgiving the students for things that they had done. And it was an unusual move of God. The best thing I could do is say you'd have to be there and have to experience something like this to, to, to really, truly understand. I've, if I remember right, it was probably Wednesday of, of that week when God was moving <clears throat> that I had, had gone over to the, to the cafeteria. In fact, the, the administration, again, in their wisdom, they would do things like they would, an hour or two before a mealtime, they would get up to the pulpit and, and uh, someone would say, now just, you know, we're, we don't want to disrupt anything, but for those of you who, who are planning on going to, to dinner or lunch or whatever meal it might be, would you just show us your hands so, that the, so they can prepare and know how much to prepare and, and they would take kind of an account for just a few minutes and then they would, you know, people had to eat and so they would tell the people and they would prepare it. Sometimes we would go to the, to, to the cafeteria line and the movement of God would begin to move right there and people would begin to praise their... Praise the Lord, throw up their hands, put their, their trays down, and in, in the line they would, would be praising God. It was unusual, just unusual. But it was a very, very special time for us. And uh, so it was Wednesday. I had gone to, to the evening meal, and uh, the place to be was chapel. And so after eating, I headed right to chapel. And as was the... The, the occasion to be at that time, uh, there would be people that would get up and would, would use the word and exhort uh, the, the, the congregation that was there. Sometimes it was a teacher, sometimes it was a student, sometimes it was some other uh, administrative person that would, would share from the word or would just share what was on their heart. 
And so one of our, one of our teachers, the, the teacher that, that taught Acts, was already in the pulpit sharing a word as I entered in the back of the, of the, the chapel. And, as, and so as I came in, I took a seat in the, in the rear, and uh, she was finishing up. And as she finished, she said, well, of course, the, the altars are still open because even while she was speaking, people were in the altars. The altar was the place to be. And uh, so she said, of course, if you want to come forward, you know, please come. And uh, there were a handful of us that were out in the seats. And so I just came, came forward and uh, found a place near the altar. And at that point, nothing was on my heart. Nothing was on my mind specifically, nothing in particular. But as I hit the altar, a heaviness fell upon me. That's all I can tell you is a heaviness fell upon me. We read in the scripture about groanings in the spirit. Have you ever had groanings in the spirit? I didn't understand what that was all about. I didn't understand all, what that was all about until that happened to me. With a heaviness, it was like a heaviness that I could not hold, I could not bear. And in the spirit, my groanings in the, in the spirit, I just began to groan in the spirit and in tongues that God gave in a heaviness that I had, had never experienced before and just began to, to weep in that heaviness. Now, it's an unusual thing. Let me help you with, with some of the things that I learned during that time about the Spirit. The Spirit is subject to the prophets, to the people that he's dealing with, to us. And so, in that, he doesn't bypass our intellect. The moving of the Holy Spirit can be happening in our spirit. And at the same time, we have our intellect. And so... In my understanding, while I was in these groanings in the spirit and, the, and that, that coming out of my mouth, those groanings coming out of my mouth, but in my intellect, in my understanding, I began to have a conversation with God that I could understand. And I said, God, you're doing something here, but I don't understand what you're doing. Would you send someone to pray with me so I can understand what you're trying to do in my life? And my faith was so very simple at that time, I just expected that I would ask God and I would see it happen. And so that's kind of the faith I had at that, that point. And uh, so I just looked up to see who was going to come because I prayed. And doesn't God do what you ask him to do? <laughs> and so I looked up to see who was going to come. And already walking down the aisle was my roommate. He was walking down the aisle, came straight to me, and put his arm around me and began to pray in the same kind of groanings of the spirit that I was, I was praying. And um, Tim was one of those kind of people that, you know, just ADD, I'm sure, you know, because he's, he's just one of those per- persons that are all over the place, off the ceiling, off the walls, you know, one of those kind of guys. And so he was with me for about five minutes, and then he got up to go someplace else. And when he got up to go someplace else, it was like that whole weight was back on me again. And the sharing of that weight, it was like he, when, while he was there, he shared it, but now it wasn't that way. And so I, in my understanding, I said, God, that was great that you sent Tim, and great that, that he shared in the heaviness of this. I still don't understand. What are you trying to do? And I said, God, please, send someone else 
to pray with me because it's just too much for me. Pray, and I pray, God, send someplace, somebody else to, to come and pray with me. But this time, don't let them go until I understand what you're trying to do. And again, in my simplicity of faith, I looked up to see who was going to come. And already walking down the aisle was a close friend of mine. He came right down the aisle, just like Tim had, turned, came directly towards me, put his arm around me, began to, to pray just like Tim had, just like I was, in that heaviness of spirit, in that groanings of the spirit. And we prayed and we prayed and we prayed. Later, when we began to, to think about it a little bit more and, and figure things out a bit, we, we figured that he had to have been there at least two hours with me praying in the, the, that same groanings of the spirit neither one of us understanding what was going on. Of course, God's not an author of confusion, and yet I was confused. And so I, in my praying, I said, God, that very thing, you're not an author of confusion, so what are you trying to do in my life? What are you trying to, to say? What are you trying to, to show me? And as I cried out that way, instantly, there was a flash this is certainly in the experiential. All of this is. And maybe it hasn't happened to you. Maybe it never will happen to you. But there was a flash of light. I saw no visions of Jesus. I heard no words. Nothing but a flash of light. And right back into the groanings of the Spirit. And that heaviness of the Spirit. And in my understanding still, I said, God... Somehow I understand that you were in that. But I don't understand what you're trying to do still. Could you make it clear to me? And about as soon as I had said that again, the flash of light, but this time it lingered. There were no words. There was no face of Jesus. There was nothing else. There was just a sensation of light. I'm here to tell you all I understood out of that thing. And that was that God implanted on my life at that point that he was calling me, calling me to a place that I had never known before. Stamped on my heart, has been, and for 40 years has been, that God wanted me to give my life in Bangladesh. That's why I'm here. That's why... Seven times we've returned. That's why we've never changed fields. We've been offered many things. You know, it's not the hardships, it's not the difficulties, it's not the problems that are the temptations. It's the possibility of advancement. It's a possibility of doing something else, some other opportunity. Those are the temptations. And yet, I thank God that he called me so clearly to that place. If you go back to the, the table, you'll see, see one of the pieces of, of literature that's there that, that um, kind of surprised me because I was contacted by AGWM and uh, they were wanting to do a magazine basically dedicated to Sharon and I. I mean, we're the cover people on that. It's the retirement magazine of the Assemblies of God. 
I didn't even know we had a retirement magazine of the Assemblies of God. And yet we're the poster people for, the, for, the, for this month for the retirement magazine of the Assemblies of God. About two years ago, um, on my birthday week, that week, I got a letter from the Assemblies of God, and they said, you're turning, well, at that time, <laughs> 63. And, uh, and we just wanted to know this is what's going to happen. Da, 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 da. Great, thank you very much. Next year, the week of my birthday, same week, you're turning 64. Thank you for the reminder. And this is what's going to happen. This year, this last year, you've turned 65. Guess what's going to happen? Our, our status has changed with the Assemblies of God. We, we used to be called AG, which meant an appointed general. And now they, our status, when you, whatever that status really means, I'm not sure myself, but, but the status is, is RA, retired active. <laughs> and it's like, I don't mind the active part, but why did you have to put that retired thing in there? And I want to make it clear to you that we have no intention of, of retiring. So we're active. <laughs> you, that R can stand for whatever you want it to stand for. <laughs> but I don't accept that, that other part. Uh, people, people at this stage of our life come up to us and they say, Oh, look at, look at the two of you. Sharon, you, have, you haven't changed a lick. Hi, Larry. How are you? <laughs> And, uh, and we, I mean, we began to understand that, yes, we're kind of at the end part of this game. But God has called us. God called us. And when people ask me, what, what, are we gonna, what do we do? Are we going to retire? What, what's happening? And I've told them this. God can call me away from Bangladesh as clearly as he called me to Bangladesh. And he was very clear. Very, very clear. I don't know what this means, but just a month or two, month or two ago, the pastor of the church at the, at the children's home, Brother Gilbert, had, had a man come to him and offer him a piece of land that's attached, well, adjacent to our land. It's, it attaches itself to our land at, at the Home of Hope. And uh, they had to swap with some relatives and all the stuff that they had to do, I don't know. But since we've gotten home, I got a, an email from him, from, from the pastor. We've only been home, you know, two weeks. And uh, so since in the last couple of weeks, got a, got a letter from the, the pastor saying, praise God, we now have the, the piece of land. It was traded over. We have the paperwork. And thank God that he has given us a cemetery for, for Bangladesh. So I don't know what that exactly means. <laughs> but... He can call us away from there just as well as he called us to there. God called me very, very clearly. I think I had to have a specific, clear call like that. Because if it hadn't been that time, there's been many times I've, I've said, Sharon, a good invitation and a plane ticket, and we're out of here. Because there's been so many challenges. Just in J- July, there was an, an, a challenge that could have shaken us, 
didn't, but could have, just two blocks away from our house, well, about from the distance from here to Memorial, it's about that far away. Maybe you heard about it in the, the news some, somehow, but there was an attack in a, at a restaurant that was just that far away from our house, and 20 people had their thrits, throats slit, killed right there, just a couple blocks away from our house. People have been attacked. You know, there's been six or seven categories of people that they were targeting on, Christians, foreigners. Well, we're in two of those seven, so that didn't make it look good. A lot of Christian workers uh, have left the country. Many of them have closed their works to people coming and, and working with them any, any longer. In fear, many people have left and not, not to ever come back. Is it dangerous? I don't know. 600 people since July maybe have been killed, but there's been over 600 people in Chicago that have been killed since, since July. Some 4,000 people in Chicago have been killed. So is it, is it dangerous? No more dangerous than any other place in the world. This world is in, in turmoil. Things are happening. If ever the church needed to be the church, it's today. It's today. I've shared with you my personal call. What's yours? What has God called you to? Maybe it's not going to be so spectacular or odd or strange as my call, but I believe this. God is calling every single person in this auditorium first to himself. But once you get close to him and you know what his desires are, you know what his heart is, it'll change you. It has to change you. If it doesn't change you somehow, it didn't happen. Because God is a very personal God who looks into our lives and is seeking to change us. God's will is, I can say, I can tell you clearly what God's will is. God's will is that none should perish and all, that all should come to repentance. That's what God's will is. What are we doing about that? What are we doing personally about seeing God's will happen in this world, in this church? in our lives. God's will is that none should perish. There's 170 million people in Bangladesh, a place the size of Arkansas, who are dying and going into eternity without Christ. God's will for my life is to do something as big and as, as bombastic about that as we can possibly do. Church, you've made a lot of that possible. Don't look at Bangladesh as my work. Bangladesh is our work. You've invested already a half million dollars into that. Let's do more. Let's do more. Maybe you look at yourself and just say, mm, I'm an auto mechanic. I can't. I can't do anything there. I can tell you where we need an auto, me auto mechanic. Or that you're an accountant, and well, we can't do anything about accounting. And, well, I can tell you where we need an accountant. 
There are so many things that we need. Have you ever considered using your skills in a place like Bangladesh? Just a few years ago, five, six years ago now, a couple decided to come out from Topeka, Kansas. Topeka, Kansas. The other church. (laughs) Uh, One of the other churches. But they came out from Topeka, Kansas for just a summer. When uh, the husband asked the wife, do you think that we we should go to Bangladesh? She said, no, absolutely not. She said, God didn't call us to Bangladesh. They had been to two or three other places and had a great time in Africa and, and uh, the Far East someplace else. And, and, but she was just dead set. No, no. Finally, he was able to convince her that maybe they should go this, this one time. Well, because of that one time, something happened in her and, and they came again and again and again. And finally, a, summer wasn't long enough. He retired from the, the fire department. God can't use fire, firemen in the ministry, can he? Well, he's a fireman, but he's also Mr. Fix-It. And uh, we have so many, you know, when you are in a place for 25, 30 years, they don't tell you about the maintenance that's needed. And he's been able to come and repair things. They, they finally got to the place where they decided we can't just come for a month or two even. So they decided that they would come four months, go home for two months, come back for four months, go home for two months, and that's been their, their way of existing for the last several years. Self-funded. She was still teaching in, in the school system in, in Topeka, Kansas. She was up for the award, one of the awards for the, the teacher of the year in the United States and decided, no, let's go to Bangladesh instead. She finally decided to take early retirement, and they've been on that pattern. They're there right now in Bangladesh. They're in their 60s. God can use 60-year-olds. God can use 60-year-olds. God can use 25-year-olds. God can use you. You know, just a couple of months ago, we, we had the privilege of, uh, of having, having some of the people from your, your, your church here, the Craigs, came out. And the Craigs were able to, you know, he's a computer geek. And uh, can God use computer geeks? Well, they've been able to help us in, a, in an amazing way. She's a seamstress, and they came, and she, she sewed curtains and, and bedspreads for kids. What I'm saying is, where do you think God can use you? What skills do you have? Are you looking for a retirement? Or are you looking for a place to use the skills that, that God has prepared you all your life to, to have? Church, I challenge you. I'd love to have every one of you come to Bangladesh, but I know that's not practical. But he's got a place for you somewhere. I I believe that God calls people. I believe he wants to call some of you. And so thank you so much for helping us with our call.
We want to help you with yours. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Christian Chapel. For more information, visit us online at christianchapel.com.